What's going on, you beautiful human? You're listening to the Spiritual Show podcast from thespiritualroom.co. This podcast is a space where we blend ancient wisdom with new age teachings around spirituality, awakening, quantum physics, astrology, and more. Join us for weekly episodes where we dive deep into this truth and expand our consciousness as a collective. What is going on, you beautiful human, and welcome back to the Spiritual Show podcast. Today's podcast is an interview that I did with Lazara Canton, and to be completely transparent with you, this interview happened, I'm going to almost say, maybe even a year ago, like a really, really, really long time ago. And before I actually give you the interview today, I want to just talk about something really quick, because I think that this is something that people need to hear. Lazara had sent me a message. She's always been following up with me about this podcast and my own personal reality just wasn't ready to put it out. Obviously, this whole podcast has kind of been hit and miss over the last year, but I always knew that this podcast had to come out. And she recently followed up with me and said, hey, are we going to put the podcast out? Like, is it even relevant? Should people even listen to it? We're at different points of our ascension. And what I want to say to you is there is nothing ever that is irrelevant because when I re-listen to this podcast, this podcast speaks to anybody in any aspect of their spiritual journey or just their life in general. And so I really want to encourage you that if you're ever in a belief or in a mindset of like, is it too late? Is it too old? You need to remember that everything is timeless. And that is why I am releasing this episode. And as a podcast host and someone who's been on podcasts, it's actually quite common for you to do an interview and then for the guest or the host to never actually publish it. But this specific interview is really important to me. And that is why I've been holding on to it until the honestly, truly the most divine moment, which happens to be right now. And that's why we get to listen to today's episode. But this is also my second interview that I've done on the show. The first one was with Veronica Lilo Royth. And I'm, I love having guests on shows when I had my previous podcast. It was one of my favorite things to do because it's so cool to hear other people's stories and it's even cooler to see yourself in those stories. And today on this podcast, we talked about all kinds of things. We talked about chakras. We talked about losing friends when you ascend. We talked about the spirit within. We talked about dark night of the souls and shifting your identity after that experience. We talked about conscious parenting. We talked about honoring deep conversations. Like, as you can see, this conversation is so timeless. And that is why it is so important to me that I continue to put this podcast out. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and kick this interview off with Lazara Canton. You and I got connected through the podcast, actually, the Spiritual Show podcast, and then through Instagram, and we were able to connect. And I know when you and I met, we instantly had like a synchronization together of energies and I would just love for you to maybe share with the audience about your spiritual awakening journey, because that's ultimately how we found each other is uh, awakening within our own beings to a higher self. And here we are on this podcast together. So why don't you share with the audience how you awoken to a greater version of yourself? Yes, I'd love to. And, and actually, to start off with how we connected, I felt like I was on this really high vibe, intense, wonderful week of synchronicities. I had started to really journal and really connect with something deeper. And I I had a sense that I was calling in just people, like-minded people. And then I was recommended your podcast. And I think I've worked my way through every single episode within that one day, because I had said to you when we first met, I love the way that you talk. It's fast-paced and that, that really gels with me and gels with 
who I am. So I felt like finally I was uh, talking to a, a really deep kindred spirit. So it was great that I found you. And actually the person who connected me to you, I came across her just not that long ago. And her and I have really connected ever since as well. So there's, I'm starting to see this really fundamental web of amazing beings are coming to me quite effortlessly. And I worried about that before. I worried about who my tribe would be with this different frequency and different vibration. And it's all coming together beautifully. So thank you for you and thank you for your podcast. I'm excited to be here. So should I begin on my spiritual journey then? Yeah, thank you for sharing that with uh, me and the audience. That's, I think, what a lot of people too, what you just shared there are wondering, am I going to find my tribe at this new frequency? So yes, to those of you that are asking, you do find your tribe as you raise in frequency and we are proof of that. But yes, please share with us your awakening journey because everyone's is different. Yes, absolutely. And I think if I go back to at the start when I really started to connect with something else in my life, it was actually at a pretty young age. Um, unfortunately, when I was eight years old, just before my ninth birthday, my dad dropped dead in front of me of a massive heart attack on the beach in Spain. I was really quite distraught, didn't know what to do. And a few days later at his funeral, I was still in this state of shock and just complete, being completely lost, really. And we were at his funeral and there was like, it was um, Spain and the height of the summer. It was a really hot day. There was hundreds of people everywhere. It was so confusing and just felt so scary for a little eight-year-old Lazara. And I remember looking up at the altar and I seen this flash of light and it looked like a big dove type shape. And I remember looking around and nobody else, I was clear nobody else could see this but me. But what I realized in that moment, it wasn't necessarily what I was seeing, but it's how I felt. I just had this feeling for the first time in that three days since my dad had died that everything was going to be okay. You know, I can't really describe it. And even though as a child, I, I never really spoke about it to anyone. And I kind of have had that sense throughout my life at different points. A few years later, sadly, my sister was only 19, was killed in a car accident. And even if I look at my life about six years ago, when it transformed again, I had this real knowing and voice that came to me that said, everything is about to change and it's going to be okay. So I felt at very at different touch points in my life, something else has been with me. I don't think I would have survived my tumultuous life had I not had that spiritual connectivity. And actually, at one point in my life, I had felt that maybe my route was to go down like mediumship. And, you know, when I started to open up to yeah. different voices and spiritual guides, and it was so easy and effortless to me. And like, even a couple of weeks ago, I met this lady who mentioned that her dad had died and she felt a little bit lost since her dad died. I went to bed that night. I woke up at two o'clock in the morning and I felt like this guy, I've never met older guy, was there saying, you have to tell her this. And a very specific way, he kept saying the same thing over and over again. I called her first thing in the morning and said, you might think I'm crazy, but... And she was like, not at all. I completely <laughs> know because I got the same message from my dad. So things like that used to happen all the time. And, I, and when I was growing up, my mom was very much like that. And she would sit and talk about speaking to my dead relatives quite frequently. And I would get so scared and walk out of the room. So it's definitely in her, in her gene or it's in her DNA. And uh, I fought it off. So I thought maybe that's the route. But what I realized 
is that's only one element of this awakening. Having guides, having being able to connect to people that have passed, it's, it's like one level, I think, for me. And I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm actually starting to see colours differently. I'm seeing if I see like a like gold flashes or even the other day I was looking out the window at the tree outside of my window when I was on a call and the raindrops looked like they were shining really brightly and again it's not necessarily what I see but it's what it makes me feel like I feel like I'm reflecting this light to other things in the world and it's reflecting back to me and it's so exciting and at times it's scary and I just love that I can have this conversation with you Daniel because I can't have this conversation <laughs> with many people here in Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. I love what you've said here, though, because I think the underlying part of your story is the feeling. You know, seeing mm. the light at the altar is one thing, but actually understanding that there's a feeling attached to that. A lot of people misinterpret that, I think, in their life because they're not sure what the feeling is or what's going on. And so they just kind of disregard, oh, that experience made me feel different what is this and for you it sounded like it was a grounding piece for you of this mm. feeling is making me feel supported it's making me feel like everything's going to be okay i'm connected what a beautiful mm -hmm. experience i know and like i've carried it with me and don't get me wrong i've had some really tough times i have i've been in drug addiction i've been kicked out the house as a teenager i've I walked out of uni i've i've had a lot of tough times in my life but i i have this ability to reset and go back and cultivate that feeling and also I spent a whole lifetime it feels like already in a 20 plus year career on personal development and I loved your episode on personal development and spiritual development because I didn't want to throw away those 20 years that I had learned how to grow and develop as a human and actually I don't need to and I think because I have done all that work I think probably because I had that feeling that's driven me to that personal development work I've always been chasing more knowledge chasing more cultivating that feeling and getting it and seeing it in other people I love when people have these shift and light bulb moments but yeah the feeling is what I keep connecting to and keep going back to yeah totally and I love what you said there about how you didn't have to give up the personal development side a lot of people struggle with crossing that bridge of do I just forget about everything in the personal development world which I know for you is your corporate background and how do I balance the two, right? So I would love to know, how do you balance the two? How do you balance the personal and the spiritual development together? Well, I didn't for a long time is the short answer. And I actually, <laughs> okay. I walked away from my finance career. So it all started, I felt like this really powerful shift. And I felt like I was seeking more, wanting to do more. And I thought that it meant changing jobs, changing countries, becoming better in that, that realm, in that world. And I realized just isn't it. It's not right for me anymore. And something really miraculous and really strange happened. I fell pregnant with my second child. 20 years after the birth of my first child, it was completely miraculous because my husband was told several years before that he couldn't have any more kids. We couldn't believe it had happened. And actually, it was a really good pivot point for me to walk away from my finance career. My mum sadly died just before my daughter was born. And the last thing she said to me was, look, you don't need to live the life that you've lived up until now. You can... You can completely change how you are now. You've got the resources. Spend time with your child and have a different life. So I relocated back to Scotland during the pandemic. And for me, the pandemic didn't really exist in that I was in this world, I call it like dark night of the soul for about two years, it felt like. 
where I was breastfeeding my daughter, I had gone from being this corporate, high-flying, constantly busy person to being at home with my child. And it was so strange, Daniel. It was like I would wake up at two in the morning and then remember how I had broken some guy's heart 20 years before and feel the pain of it. And it was like my life was showing me all the mess ups that I had made. And it was like, why am I thinking about this guy 20 years ago? And it went on and on. Thankfully, I was so connected to my daughter. And it was just now looking back, I can see it was a magical time. At the time, I felt like I was getting put through the ringer of life. And it went on and on and on. And then I, I think when people talk about the pandemic now, I'm a bit like, well, I don't know. Like anything could have probably been happening outside of my house, but I was just in this complete funk. And my husband was quite worried about me. I think there was probably a bit of postpartum depression thrown in there as well. And just a lot of feelings to let go of that identity. I recognise now looking back, I was just de-shelling or like shedding skin off. Having that identity was, and it kept holding on tightly, just letting it go, having no clue what the hell was going to come out the other end. And then I had this really strange experience of I started to write my memoir, a book. I had never planned it. I never properly thought it through. It just happened again in this miraculous way. And it's the most cathartic thing I've ever done. And I wrote it probably in about three weeks. But yeah, so I had a, a pretty tumultuous dark night of the soul that lasted over two years. I love that you share that, though, because a lot of people I know have a distortion around this dark night of the soul and the shadow work and stuff. And, you know, it's so interesting. I think a lot of people actually had their uh, dark night of the soul experience during the pandemic. That's kind of what happens when frequency stalls out on the world and everyone has to mm. look inwards, right? Then we actually meet ourselves have you experienced, and I ask this because I think a lot of people believe that there's only one dark night of the soul, but do you remember mm -hmm. another time that you've experienced something similar where you were shedding another identity? I think it happens quite a lot. Sometimes it doesn't happen for months at a time. And I have this guide yep. and mentor who I had gotten together with her because she was helping me on my RTT journey. And it's actually expanded into something a lot more, a lot more than that. And, and what she helps me to do is to really see that every time I expand, there's another, the way she uses the phrase is there's something, another boss to fight because you're expanding and you're changing and you're heading against an upper limit or something's not going to quite fit into your expansion. So therefore you're going to have to face some more stuff. And what's interesting is some things that I thought I had dealt with three years ago come back again. And like, I keep thinking, when is this ever going to end? So yeah, it's just, it's quite a it's quite a constant back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm always uh, sharing that with my communities and on the podcast is just because you go through it once doesn't mean it's over. At that next level of the greater version of yourself, it typically shows up again in some form, you know, because we need duality. We need things that allow us to grow and shift and holding on to the same identity with no growth doesn't work for us as evolution. So I love that you shared that there, that it's like, it yeah, just, sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's not. Yeah. And I don't think I get any better at realizing what, what the hell's going on. Why is that? Why do we still think like, oh, oh my God, it's something really bad is happening with me or I feel really depressed and I can't figure out what's going on today. But <laughs> I think there's going to come a point where I will snap back quicker, you know, step forward quicker and go, huh, this feels familiar. I know what this is. And I do get to that point eventually with some help. I think it's always important to get help. 
But yeah, I'm really, I'm at this point now where I feel like the excitement is taking over the overwhelm. Yeah. And the vibe is just, yeah, it's just really good. And I, yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. A little bit scared, but also excited as well. That's the best place to be in, isn't it? Where you're not sure, but the higher self always knows. And that's all we have to trust. Yes, absolutely. One of the other things that you said earlier in this was that you were uh, grateful to even have these conversations because in your particular town of Glasgow, you don't find that you have these conversations. Maybe you could share a little bit of how you navigate that because that's actually a really common thing for people is they feel like they don't have a community that they can tap into and they feel alone. Yeah, this is a, a very good point, actually. And I think that's why it's so important to build your tribe and find people like you who you can have this chat with. And it's so funny because I know now for certain that like people, I've got, you and I are going to do stuff together in the future. And I know I can see exactly how we're all fits together. But there is that element of who can you trust and who's, who can you have these conversations with? Well, what I find, there's a couple of things that I do. I'm learning to be more in integrity with myself. And I yeah. find that if I do that, you know, like, see if you just speak from the heart, although it might sound a little woo-woo or a little crazy to some folks, if I'm speaking from the heart, people tend to get it. And people tend to get a little bit surprised at first. You know, you can see that little look on their face. But if you've got a good positive intention for what you're sharing and what you're communicating, like... For me, calling that girl that I barely know to tell her that her dad was talking to me at two o'clock in the morning and that I felt like this message was a higher message and it was really important for her to hear. It took a lot of bravery because this was just a new connection that I had made. I had no idea what her her spiritual journey or her spiritual journey was. Interesting. It was, like a yeah. it was a business connection. And I just said it directly like that from the heart. Like, I know you don't really know me. And I just wanted to see this exactly how the message has been received, because I feel like it's something you really need to hear. And I said it and she just was like, wow, yeah, that is exactly what I needed to hear. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. (laughs) (laughs) So, So to summarize, I think it takes some bravery to just do it. And the way that I check myself, am I making the right connections? Am I saying the right thing is... Does it feel right in my heart? And is it actually going to help the other person? If the answer is yes, then just take a risk. I love what you said there too, because that goes back full circle to the feeling. When you say, when you speak from your heart, speak your truth, Mm. people get it because it's a feeling. They can feel whether or not they can actually hear what you're saying. They can feel what you're saying on a vibrational level. And like you said, Mm. truth, truth resonates the highest out of anything at the end of the day. So yeah. Then don't get me wrong, I've lost some friends along the way. I mean, even when I said, like, the most surprising thing was when I thought that I was going to tell people that I was going to write my story, I thought people would be really pleased for me. And just some people that I thought I was close to was like, what are you doing now, man? Like, why don't you just chill out and look after your child? And I'm like, what is wrong with you? And what is wrong with me? Like, basically, everyone's entitled to their own journey. So it has been interesting, this loss of friendships. That's interesting too, because that's another thing people don't talk about, but it's also mm-hmm. one of the greatest fears that people have of of even speaking of this conversation is what if I lose people? But the truth of it is, which goes back to your identity conversation, is you have to lose people in order to ascend. Mm-hmm. You have to lose people in order to become a new identity. And you're right. The people we think that are going to be the most excited for us typically aren't. And it's not because they don't want to be. It's because they're unconsciously feeling their lack of evolution. 
And their response yeah. is to, what are you doing? Like, because on an evolution level, they're not mm. moving and they can feel you are. I love hearing this from you. And I've heard this before. And and the time, it doesn't feel like that. Because in the time you think, God, there's a sadness that accompanies that. And I think that's okay too. And I think it's just that that ability to just release and let go. But then there's other people. Like if I take my husband, he is he's very much like I would say old school, typical British gentleman, doesn't talk so much about his feelings. And it's quite interesting because he is on a really high vibe. He's a beautiful soul. The way he looks at his life is that he's just very lucky. But actually, I look at him and I go, you're just a really good person and you're really shiny and you're really lovely and good things happen to you because you're a good person. But he, he's just like, yeah, 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 I'm just lucky. And I talk to him more and more about the things that I'm experiencing and the things that I'm feeling. And at first, it was just this, he used to poke fun at me and go, all right, okay, oh, yeah, we to balance your chakras and like just small things he would laugh at. But actually... And now I find he gets it and he gets me and he gets the journey. He doesn't get all of it all of the time. Sometimes I can still see him laughing when I'm trying to have a serious spiritual conversation with him. But again, like I've had messages that I have to get. Both of his parents are also dead. And I've had really strange things happen where I feel like his mum or dad are trying to say something to him. And I, I say it to him and his face just drops because it's like, you would never have known that or that way. And so at times he's actually got up and walked out of the room because it's been oh, so wow. pertinent. Yeah, because he, again, he's not, he wasn't yeah. prior to me. He wasn't in that realm. He wasn't, he just wasn't ready. And uh, now he's a lot more, he's managing a lot more and a lot better. And he's like, I don't even know where you got that from, but I'm going to trust it. Whereas at the first year, he was just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so it's different levels. And I think we're also drawn to people. If I look at him and I on paper, where we are right now, he's probably been at this kind of higher level without even knowing for a long time. He doesn't call it what it is. He just lives on this beautiful positivity and good things happen to him. And I'll leave him in that space for now. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? I think most of us uh, have a partner like that that is you know, either really asleep or is like, you know, kind of awakening slash laughing, not really sure, but unconsciously awakening at the same time, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's funny. And I don't think it happens by accident either. I'm starting to feel like it's so strange at this point. And I don't know if you get the same, but it feels like there's signs everywhere, everything. And it's not, again, it's not like you see something and you go, whoa, that's just, that just looks like a sign. It's just that that feeling that comes over you and you go, oh, that's why. You know, even like today I was reading this book and I had kept getting this image when I was meditating of when I'm trying to think about how, how, what path should I take? How should I move forward? And I kept getting shown this image of something snapping shut, something slamming shut. What the hell is that? What's going on? And I was reading this thing today and it was saying, sometimes you may feel like your heart is constantly trying to snap shut. And it was like, Ta-da, that's it. I had to stop. <laughs> That's the message. And it just, I could feel it with every, every cell in my body. I could feel it. This is what we've been trying to tell you, man. You've not been listening. <laughs> so yeah, this happens to me all the time now. Oh, it happens to everybody. That's so true though, right? When we're unconscious, <laughs> when we're unconscious to the message from our higher self, it just keeps hitting us and hitting us and hitting us. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it comes in like such a weird way. And then it all connects and you're like, oh, but that is how it works. That is the awakening, right? You kind of 
one side of you awakens, another side awakens, and then they meet in the middle. And that's when you have the actual ascension because now one side met the other side and there's your increase in ascension, right? And that's why so many people have to be willing to open their eyes, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or their third eye, I should say more than anything. And I I don't know if this, is this something that happens? I keep getting really itchy and irritated here, like at my third, it feels like it's pulsating and I, I feel like an itch and I'm like, hmm. Again, I don't think there's anything physical that isn't connected. Like, I keep getting these things wrong with my eyes. Like, I've never had issues with my eyes in my life. And some mornings I wake up and I feel like my eyes are on fire and I can't open them. And I'm like, what is it that I'm not seeing in my life right now? What is it that's... It's just so phenomenal. And I would love to hear from you as well. Like, what do you think is next then when you get to this, this place and... What's the clues? What would you say would be the next steps then? The next steps is really understanding the ne- the non-physical aspect of self. So one of the things that you just talked about was the third eye and understanding mm. how the third eye space works is the next level of understanding because what you just referenced is the energetic aspect of you that lives in this vicinity, right? I mean, we have an aura that's six feet wide. They've been able to measure it. And in each level of our aura is chakra centers. And so this set space on us, if you think about it, vibrationally, anything that lives in this aspect of us, we can feel physically here, itchy, eyes hurt, dry skin here, acne here, anything mm-hmm. in this realm. What a lot of people get confused about though, is they think if there's those symptoms, something's wrong, but often it's actually a shifting of energy. And the physical body is finally shifting the energy and the the physical body has to go through some sort of transformation when the energy shift from low to high. And that's when we typically have these weird things going on is because we're actually transitioning the energy in this aspect of our energetic self. And it's something that will consistently happen as you ascend because it gets quicker as you go. So you'll find you might have more things consistently staying here that are like uh, physical ailments but it's really an ascension of frequency. Yeah. Okay. That's phenomenal. That's interesting because I knew something, something was up or something was wrong or something was happening. Yeah. What everyone has to remember is that we have this non-physical body and the energetic aspect conversation begins in the chakra centers is the first kind of entry point to that conversation. But then it's actually understanding, like I said, how each and every point works, how it works with your auric field, how your body actually moves energy, how they manifest in physical form. And that's really dropping out of the human thinking and more into the spiritual, what is happening energetically with my physical body. And even speaking of that, I'm starting to cough now. And I feel a lot of the time when I'm shifting energy, I get this like really strange tickly sensation in my throat. It's not even like a cough. It's just like a bubbling, like, oh, (laughs) yeah. I think my point is to show, yeah, that energy system. It's the energy system. And the other thing with the throat chakra, Because our throat chakra is our physical way that we can speak higher frequency into existence rather than just being, but actually speaking it out of our physical vessel, I find for me, my throat chakra is more active than my heart chakra or my third eye chakra. Because, you know, even in a conversation, like when you're like, oh, I can feel it working right now. It's because I'm speaking to that aspect of you that's resonating. And that's where you're feeling that shift. It's so fascinating. And it is. And it's like, because... I think before, when I used to hear things like this, and if I had listened to your podcast, say, even maybe six months ago, I would get it on a certain level. I would go, oh, yeah, well, that's really interesting what Danielle's talking about. And I wonder, and I would explore, and I would read up more on it. 
now when I hear you talking again it's that feeling it's that resonance not just in not cognitively going oh yeah that makes sense but it's like a yes that is what (laughs) you know it's like a deeper yes and what I love about where I am right now and I want to totally cultivate this is that I used to get caught up in this whole ego lots of choices to make in life and my mind would get fried and there's so many choices and I can't quite figure out what to do and now it's like that doesn't really happen as much anymore because I can just go what am I doing what should I do and have like one decision to make and just go forth and it doesn't happen all the time I'm cultivating it it's a journey and I just love that aspect because it cuts out so much bs and so much second guessing and and it's not always the the journey that I go down on that that and feel my heart like reaching out to you like I've never listened to a podcast before and reached out to the people from the podcast I've never even had the not even the the desire or the need to do that I listened to oh that's really interesting I'll go read a book on it but I was like I need to speak to this lady (laughs) And, uh, and here and here we are just some like I don't know two months later having already chatted and even the conscious parenting stuff that you guys have been doing, you and Veronica, I'm finding that really useful because, like I said, I've got a three-year-old and a 20-year-old, and I know that another big part of my next journey or my steps that I take is through being there, completely present with my children and opening myself up to that rather than the whole world of, am I good enough at this? Am I doing it right? Or, yeah, that's helped. So cool that you just shared all that because one of the things you mentioned was the ego, how you're so grateful that you're in a space now where you've ascended beyond the ego a little bit, meaning the ego chatter. And really that comes from you being grounded in your spiritual self, your higher self, because the more you access the higher self and ask it questions, what should I be doing? Where should I be going? The less the ego can actually show up and communicate to you because you're bringing in a higher frequency of communication. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that also goes hand in hand with the parenting conversation. You know, Mm -hmm. to actually be as a parent in a place of awareness that your ego is quieter than it's ever been, that's what gives you the presence. That's what's going to allow you to be more present in your parenting because the ego chatter isn't so loud and it's more directly from your higher self, which is a present state. So cool. It is. And I think with children, the energetically vibe of you as a mother so so clearly, like if you ever wanted to do and I'm sure the scientists do this as well. If you ever wanted to do an energetic experiment that we were on a car with my daughter traveling a few weeks ago, a few weekends ago, and we were literally in the car for about 10 hours over the weekend. And for a couple of hours, I was quite fretful, quite, uh, and she was starting to get quite fretful. And actually she was a bit sick and it was all quite messy. And then on the way back, I was like, right, I'm shifting this up. We are going to have fun. I'm going to raise my vibration. I'm going to feel gratitude. I'm going to feel... And honestly, she was just like right all the way home and singing and laughing. And I'm like, it's just so, it's like a mirror. Your children are a mirror in every minute of every day of how you are feeling. And again, I don't think it's happened by accident that at the point of my complete pivot in life, in my next stage of my spiritual journey, I became pregnant with my second child, which wasn't planned. It was miraculous. And I feel hand yeah. in hand, her and I are on this journey, on this journey together. So it's it's pretty cool. And I, I feel really blessed to have that. 
That's something that any parent that's listening to this podcast, I'd really encourage them to look at. Even obviously in your situation, it's so divine and at the time in your life, but it's really any child in anyone's parenting life is the blessing. And if you can truly see it for that, especially in this day and age, that's where your greatest evolution and growth will come as a person, not a parent, but actually as a person is through the relationship with your child. And so I'm so grateful you shared that connection because you feel it so purely where anyone that is a parent that might be listening to this might think, oh, I don't have that. No, you do have that. You also have that connection. It's just, are you willing to see it? And it's so hard to see it some days. It's like, I have achieved a lot in my life. I was was a, a big achiever for a long time and I'll have a lot of resilience. And parenthood knocked me for six, both times, is the hardest, the hardest physical combination of physical, mental job on this planet. And I think staying at home with your children, like being a stay-at-home mum, like there are some days where you're like, what on the earth? How am I going to make it till like bedtime tonight? How am I, like my husband's leaving tomorrow to go to Spain for a race. And I'm going to be with my, I should have been with my daughter on my own for a week, but I've, I've learned from the last time I've got some plans in place to see some friends and some family because I tried to do it before solo and it's long because you're always on. And therefore, mm-hmm. I think it's the great, to your point, is actually the best way to learn about yourself. What are your trigger points? What are you good at? What are the parts of you that are just showing up to be worked through? motherhood is the way to go (laughs) it's not the easiest way to go by far but for the mothers who are listening this is available to everyone and it's um not an easy path I know I know it's not an easy path but it's totally (laughs) worth it yeah and I don't have kids so I can't really speak to that but I definitely uh I'm a, a conscious aunt in my uh, family's nieces and nephews' life. And more so, though, what that has offered me is awareness of the parenting dynamic and the effort that is required. But something that you just said in there I want to highlight really quickly, because this is actually something I think a lot of parents don't think about, and even for you. We talk about our own evolution, right? Imagine our kids. Imagine the fact how quickly they're evolving right now. And in those moments where you feel like, oh, is it bedtime yet? Sometimes those are the days where they have the biggest upgrades. And to a parent, they're recognizing like, oh, is this, can this day be over yet? But are you recognizing what your child is experiencing? Maybe there was a big moment for them in that day that allowed them a moment of energetic growth. You know, it's so fascinating, the dynamics that the kids bring. Absolutely. And like, I've had some really, really quite intense moments with Santia, my daughter. We actually called her Little Saint. And I used to joke with people, I think we jinxed her because she's quite spirited and quite self-independent, like quite strong-willed. And I think that's quite opposite from Saintly, but actually she's really connected, like most kids at such a small age. And yeah, she does have big emotions. And typically the days where it is harder, those are the days where she's having those developmental stretches and those big Mm -hmm. shifts within her. And one day I was like, one of the things my mum and I used to do together was that my mum used to brush my hair. She used to love brushing my hair. And I used to get annoyed with it, but then it became like a moment of of contemplation and connection between the two of us. I only know that now, many years later, as I reflect on it. And the other night I was getting so stressed and my daughter, who's just learning to speak, said, Mommy, sit down, I will brush your hair. She's never done this before. And she went really quietly and she just started brushing my hair and I just felt so calm. 
so safe, so protected. And I just started to cry a little. And yeah, this means something else. And she turned around to me after after being silent for a long time, which again is very unusual for my daughter. And she said to me, feel better now, mummy? And again, she'd never said that sentence before. And I was like, yes, I feel better now. And it's just like, whoa, like moments like that, you think this is something special has just happened here. I think a lot of parents are going to start to witness that. I think anybody around kids are going to start to witness that. I think that we are giving our kids permission as we awaken to be awakened. We weren't gifted that permission to be awakened in our generations. It's a younger thing, but because we're gifting ourselves permission, these little kids are already mediums. They're already tapping in. They already know what you need. They're already here for your own evolution. Mm-hmm. But are we suppressing that? Or are we truly recognizing what is happening in front of us as parents or caregivers or aunties or uncles or whatever, right? And I think it's going to be exciting really to see them growing up and see how they evolve and how they develop because you're so right. They're such a different place. Even like when I think about when I had her in Hong Kong three years ago, they were saying, the nurses were saying to me in the hospital, you're going to her too often. She's crying. You need to let her. And I'm like, Really? That this is what you think is the right thing to do, man. Like, come on. And it's, yeah, I think there's going to be such a shift in consciousness for kids, especially. If I look at my own child and my own son as well, and he's escaped relatively untamed, but, but he's going to be, I think he's going through a big shift right now. And that's hard to see as a parent to an adult son, an adult child who's 22 and he's starting to realize that the things he thought were important to him are maybe not so much so and and I learned this from another woman the other day is with him it's all about going look look do you want me to be your mother or do you want me to be your coach you know like just let's contract that up front because I think what I had been doing in the past was trying to merge the two and sometimes he just wants me to go it's going to be okay and other times he wants me to go what do you think this is about? What do you think the message is? What do you think the lesson is? And so it's um, it's just asking him up front, what do you need from me right now? And it's so totally. simple, but it's so revolutionary for me. I hadn't, <laughs> I don't know why yeah. I hadn't thought about it before, but it's really shifted our relationship. So I'm excited to see what happens with that next. That was a good share, especially for parents who, you know, I think they forget, you know, like, oh, they're grown up, they don't need us. But no, we still have that energetic connection. And your evolution as a parent is going to continue to help us regardless of our age. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's just so much potential, I think, now. So so much available. When you start to see outside, the way I always explain it to people is like, if you're like this and then suddenly you're, there's just so much. And I just have this really wonderful sense of excitement and adventure. Yeah. And I realize that that's the essence of me. It's something that I've had since I was younger. And I think the more that that comes out, it just seems to build. And yeah, I'm I'm really excited, as you can probably tell. (laughs) I feel the same way, though. You know, there's days where I'm like, what am I doing and who am I? And there's other Mm -hmm. days where I'm like, wow, look at the impact I'm making. And this is so exciting. And the people I'm serving, like, wow, you know, it's it's that's life, though. The ebbs and the flows, the yin and the yang, right? The beauty of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's just sticking to practices that help every day to ground me. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things you did talk about that I want to actually ask you about is I know that you have had a past with some drug addiction. Mm. And I want to ask more from this perspective of how did you give yourself permission to ascend beyond that identity of self? 
and that you were still... Yeah. And what I really want to ask you is that society, I think, has a good way of making us feel really less than and unworthy in our human existence if we are those people. And so I would, yeah, I'm really looking to hear your permission that you gave yourself and how you became a greater version and accepted that as your truth. And then, you know, it's been a long, long journey. I think when I look at my, the worst days, I was a teenager. And you know what's interesting? I first started taking a lot of LSD at a very young age. At 14, 15, 16, I was taking LSD. And now all this work that's coming out and healing and hallucinogenics and mushrooms, I used to take a lot of magic mushrooms as well. And again, it was the feeling I felt, even though all that tragedy had happened to me and I'd lost all the loved ones and I felt really lonely and I was I was just in a really dark place. When I took hallucinogenics, I felt like I was connected to something else. And um, yeah. when this all started to come out and I started to realize people are actually going on retreats, obviously taking very different things to what I was taking in Scotland at 14, but I can see the connection now. But then obviously I moved on to harder things. I almost tried heroin and I thank God so many times that I didn't try it because I would have gone down that route. And it's interesting now when I look at the people who were around me in my life at the time who were also who were taking heroin and trying to encourage me to take heroin, the people who have kicked it have become like born again Christians. They're like so, they've gone to God in such a huge way. It's their whole life. They don't drink, they don't smoke. It's all about religion now. But I can see that that's how it's got them out of there. And what I did initially is I got to a point where I was solo. I'd left university. I'd been kicked out the house. I had no money. I was staying with this guy and it was just such a wrong place. And I just had this sense of, look, this isn't your life. You can turn this around. You can do anything. You can be anyone. It doesn't need to be this bad for you. It doesn't. And what happened was in the, the years that followed that, probably the first five, six years, I distanced myself from that person that I was, kind of almost that, to your point, almost to that, like, shamed, I'm ashamed of who I was. I didn't want to talk about it. And what something strange happened was as I became more successful in the world of business and I became more comfortable in my own skin, I used to get very comfortable about telling people who I was and who I'd been, that I was in a gang, that I used to take drugs, that I lived in a really rough area of Scotland and I got kicked out of the house, I left university, I all of these things. And because I realized that I, I was doing it from a place of strength, that I was doing it on a place of that happened to me and I got myself out of it and I've developed myself so much so that I can look back at that now with compassion. And I can look back at that now and go, that was an essential part of my journey. You mentioned about the polarity of the world. I genuinely know that I would not feel this high vibration, this amazing love and expansion, had I not had those really dark, dark times in my life. And that's the message that I want to get to other people now, is that it doesn't matter how bad your life looks right now. It doesn't matter what shameful things you have going on or things that you've carried from the past. That's the key to actually you being the best version of yourself. And you don't need to go into organized religion. Some people, that's their path. You don't need to dedicate your whole life to God. You don't need to go to an honorary. You have everything you need within you. It's all here. Yeah. Like you said, you became a different person. You just started slowly becoming a different person. You were no longer that person, that identity. And that is what it is. It's, you know, whether you go to religion or you go to whatever, it's about becoming a different version of you that doesn't engage in those activities 
And yeah. yeah, you can typically only become that version when you have enough compassion for the experience that you had and you recognize, oh, it was part of my experience and look how it served me, right? Yeah. And it's always drugs and alcohol addiction and all these things continuously show up in my life. I went to Hong Kong and thought I was mixing in circles where people would, and it, it's everywhere. There's just so many professionals in the world where mm-hmm. that's what they do on the weekends or that's what they do to get through their lives. You know? And this isn't from a place of judgment. It's just from a place of this just keeps showing up in my life. This is my shadow side. This is my dark side. And it's almost like the feeling that I get now when I'm on that high vibe, when I'm in a really great place. I think that's what I was trying to chase with the drugs, you know, all those years trying to feel that expanding my consciousness, knowing that always knowing there's something else there, there's something out there. And I I don't think it was an accident that I got addicted to, not necessarily addicted, addicted to the experience of LSD and hallucinogenics, because it was that expansiveness that I chased. And that's the first thing. But to know what I realized in the last few years, What I actually did was I replaced my addiction to drugs and alcohol and and really dodgy relationships. I've had that as well. I've had it all. And I replaced that with an addiction to becoming this amazing career person. You know, that addiction to achieving, achievement. Mm -hmm. and, And what happened in that dark night of the soul that I described at the beginning of this chat was that I was like, oh, my God, I don't have that hit anymore. I don't have that. You are an excellent performer in your job. You have made X amount of money for the company. Yeah. Okay, I don't have that either. So what now? (laughs) What is it now? And that's when the love, and I think that again, no coincidence that that's when I had my daughter and I was breastfeeding her and just cultivating this relationship with this tiny little human being and just thinking, actually, I don't need to look outside of this house. It's all here. So powerful. Like that is so powerful for people to hear of just stop looking outside. Look inside. <laughs> Look inside within you. You are everything that you want and every everything that you desire is inwards, but you have to be willing to go inwards. And shut that ego off of saying, you should be doing this, you should be doing... Yeah. And it's I'm not a, totally evolved. I don't think I'm ever going to be totally evolved. But again, it's like the, the work that you put in, you can start to quieting that voice down more and more and more even in the chaos of my life and my life can be quite chaotic at times like everyone else's can it's finding and cultivating that just that little bit of silence that little bit of space to go and this is okay and I'm okay that's what I was talking about with kids too you know when parents allow themselves to become present that's what we gift our kids so many of our kids are afraid of listening to their own thoughts yes yeah just teaching them about I'm teaching my daughter right now how to feel her heart just as a basically this cracks my husband up like because she's going I can feel my heart and like okay just like, <laughs> trying to ground her into her body he's like what is going on now <laughs> trust me this is going to serve her well let her, let her be present let her breathe yeah and she already knows about it that's the irony in it you know exactly. this information's within all of us yeah yes yes love it so we are coming up here to the end of our podcast I want to ask about the book, but I have one more question that I think the audience would really gain from. How do you reground yourself in moments when you find yourself off balance? The one thing that I go back to all of the time, and I just realized in the last couple of years again that this is something I do, is go back to the physicality of my life. Like, am I exercising? Am I drinking lots of water? 
And I think a lot of people disconnect this whole body reality with the spiritual ascension. And I find that everything goes back to your body. If you're taking good care of your body, then it's easier to, even like this morning, I went for a run. That makes me think about my body. I think about the, even the, the basic movements and the muscles that I'm using while I'm at the gym. It grounds me. It gets me back into my body because I can be in my head a lot. I can be up here a lot. I can be speaking to guides a lot. And it, that, again, it's just can be really, really, really off balancing. So again, it's just going back to my body. And I realize as well that if my body is not in good shape and I'm eating a lot of sugar and I'm drinking a lot of alcohol at the weekends because I've got a lot of things going on and I'm not sleeping very well and I'm over anxious about things, then nothing else works. So just back to the basics, exercise, am I eating? Am I getting lots of liquids, lots of water? Even water intake, I think people totally underestimate the power of being hydrated. Totally. (laughs) So yeah, that really helps. And then there's the journaling, which I do every single morning now, as close to as soon as I wake up as possible. That sets me up for the day now. I I just go from strength to strength with it because um, it's really grounding for me. It's really guiding. It's really phenomenal. I I finish my morning pages with this really good high vibe of I know that whatever happens in today is going to be okay. I love that. And really what you're talking about here is that question you asked me of, you know, what's the next thing that we learn when you were asking about the third eye? And it's understanding that water is energy. It's understanding that when you move your body, you're moving your auric field. It's understanding that the foods that you eat are of higher low frequency. If you drink a lot or eat lots of sugar, it's low frequency stuff. Therefore, your whole auric field dips down super high vibe foods and healthy and water, you're you're intaking high frequency. Therefore, the auric field is changing. I love that. And you know, I didn't even, I wouldn't even have used that sentence before that my auric field is changing, but I can feel it in the sense that it's just going back to those practices. I don't really feel, I see now very clearly that I can't have one without the other. I can't be in a high vibe and also do all the things that are not good for my body. No, good awareness though. I mean, everyone kind of comes to that point, I think in the ascension journey, you really start to recognize, especially as you raise in consciousness, raise in frequency is what raising in consciousness is. You're healthy for six days and then you have a drink for one. That one drink is enough to take all those six days down because low frequency is actually higher than high frequency, but your mind doesn't think like that, right? So yeah, it's like one drink can kind of take all of you out for a week and then you wonder why you're depressed or anxious or ungrounded and it's because of that and that's the part that I'm on now because I'm still drinking alcohol one or two days a week and I'm st- I'm cutting yeah. down on the volume and I'm starting to see like kind of what's my where's my edge where's my and I know the point is coming when I have to go and I have stopped I stopped drinking for months and months on end and went back to it I've done it on and off and I feel like it's going to come to a point where I have to say no and that makes me a little sad and a little bit scared <laughs> as well so maybe that maybe that's the next point of my journey that's the next place I need to look. Yeah. You know, why are you scared? Why are you sad? Because the truth of it is, if there is non-alcoholic drinks you can purchase that in theory would still give you the illusion that you're drinking, right? So mm. which one is it? Do you want the alcohol or do you just want to feel like you're having a nice flavored cocktail or wine or beer or whatever, right? Yeah. I think it's that whole thing about having fun. And actually, when I look at the times when I'm drinking more than two or three drinks, I'm probably not having that much fun because then it's, just in a different wavelength. So yeah, I think there's a lot I need to process on that. Not a lot, but a lot of um, work that needs to be done on looking at what's the right step for me and how to do it. 
Totally. Yeah. That was a good conversation though for the podcast to listen to because that's a lot of people and there's no shame or judgment Mm -hmm. or anything. Everyone's journey is their own, but it is recognizing high vibe and low vibe consumptions that we have in our society. Mm. I'm making a choice for yourself. Have you stopped drinking alcohol? Um, I'm not. Yeah. Like I wouldn't say that I've completely eliminated it out of my life, but I definitely have a limit. Like three is like, whoa, maybe once a month, some months I won't right, drink okay. at all. I, non-alcoholic wine I'll have. Like it mm. just kind of depends. But the truth of it is, is I would prefer not to drink and I don't have a craving to drink. I don't feel like I need to drink to yeah. have fun. I can go to a party and do all of that. But I live in a wine country, wine region. And so we have like hundreds and hundreds of wines mm. here. And so you know, people want to go to wine tours and stuff like that. And so oftentimes like that would be a place that I would engage in wine or something. But yeah, I mean, I think it just comes down to understanding your body and understanding if you are able to get out of that low state of frequency when you're in it. Like if I have a couple drinks, I naturally am going to dip down. But the next day I'm doing things of high frequency to kind of reset myself so I don't get stuck in there. Mm. I think that's the key for me in the short term. I think that's yeah. the key for me because I can start. It's funny because that's what the answer that I had been given before that I didn't trust because I think with alcohol, I didn't trust my, I just don't trust, I just don't trust my relationship with it fully yet. Yeah. And I know a lot of people at my age and in, in my place in the world and life, everyone's kind of feels like they're on that same path. And I feel like I'm having this conversation with lots of different people, which is definitely a sign that something has to be properly looked at. Yeah. Well, we can't meet ourselves and evolve if we're intoxicated with low vibe. That's the truth of it, which is why you're seeing the conversation shift because people want to become a higher version and it just doesn't Mm -hmm. work when you're drinking. So that's one of the reasons why we're seeing people talk about it more. It's brilliant. I think it's great. And I think especially for this place in in the world in Scotland, there's a lot of alcoholism. So, and a lot of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of low vibe alcohol related issues around here. So it's definitely the place to be to shift it and help other people shift it too. And the greatest thing I would say to that to remember is that your vibration of higher frequency is greater than thousands of low frequency. So if you genuinely want to have impact, as long as you stay grounded in your vibe and with your intention, you will unconsciously impact the communities around you, even if you don't talk to people, because your energy penetrates through walls of homes. And they naturally start to wonder why they're kind of wanting to become a better version it's because somebody around them energetically is so grounded and is inviting them into that truth. I love that. I think out of everything that we've spoken about today, that's the bit that I wanted to hear, you know, like I was ready to hear. It just well, like, as soon as you said it, I was like, whoa, that's new for me. I haven't thought about that before. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yep. You're welcome. The light will always move faster than darkness. Everyone always needs to remember that for sure. Even in your own families too, like you with your husband. Your consistency of your own light is what's awakening him. Mm. Even although he hasn't got the, he maybe doesn't have the language for it yet, or even the emotional bandwidth to recognize it. I can see him going, I get it. And sometimes I give him things to read and he's like, oh yeah, 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 that makes sense. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) But you have to remember that it penetrates their higher self, conscious self before their physical self. So he is Mm. resonating with you on a deep, spiritual level but on a human level it has to filter through all the densities to actually get to him so he says like yeah i somewhat get it but i don't it's because it's landing in its higher frequencies something is definitely getting switched on the light is it's coming thank you the light is coming the light is coming 
whether he yeah. likes it or not, he is going to be balancing chakras in no time at all. <laughs> And that's why we have to hold face space for people too, right? Of our families. When we awaken, mm. we have to understand that those around us are uncomfortable. They are extremely uncomfortable in themselves because the light is around them and they don't even know what the light is. And that's a lot of reasons why people struggle in uh, families or friends. But that's why. Because that kind of shows up something in them that they don't, they're not ready to face or something that makes it, I get that. Because exactly. it's happened to me before. It's happened to me. You're, years ago you speak to someone and you're like what is it about that person that's making me feel really uneasy and they seem really nice yeah 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 I'm like that that for a lot of people people are like oh you triggered the shit out of me but I love you and I'm like yeah it's because my light is penetrating your darkness perfect (laughs) (laughs) imagine you having that conversation at a party thankfully you're not you're not drinking real wine because that conversation would not be easy to have if you if you had been drinking a few wines at a party I love this I would love to be at a party with you having this conversation (laughs) oh yeah welcome to my world that's why this podcast is like my world (laughs) I love it honestly I am uh, so excited to be here thank you for inviting me into your world I really appreciate it yeah, I'm grateful that we're, our worlds collided. But I want to uh, take the time here at the end of the show to, I want you to share about your book because it's really, I think it's really awesome. One, that it was such an aligned action for you. I, I really value that. That was very divinely led for you. But share a little bit about your book, share where people can find it. And I'd love for you to share the number one intention that you actually want people to leave your book with. That's wonderful. Thank you for giving this space. So yeah, the book, if you even look at the prologue and the epilogue, I channeled it. I don't even know where... It came from, I just wrote it. And someone wrote to me last week and said, interestingly enough, it's someone from my old corporate world, a very strong business leader. She's so powerful in, in her, the work that she does. But she said, I can't get past the first piece. It feels like it's talking to me. And I'm reading it over and over again, and I'm getting different messages, and I can't get past the first point. What is happening here? And I'm like, I channeled it. It just came. <laughs> that answers one of your questions, because... I feel like my intention for the book was for people to read it and go, this has helped me. This is like spoken to me on a different level. And my intention always was that the book will get into the hands of the right people, the people who need to read it, the people that it's going to help. It's not going to be for everyone. Some people might be triggered by it because someone, one person actually out of the 110 or so people that have written to me so far with appreciation, one woman wrote to me and was like, I can't believe that you worked in banking and that you made all this money and that you had a a helper and that you were... And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So it was really strange. Like someone was massively triggered by it. So, and actually the 100 and odd people that have written to me, I have been so great. It's been so gratefully received and it's exactly I intended for it to be. People have written saying, this happened to me and I did not know that other people, it happened to other people. Or my dad died when I was young as well and I have never spoken about it either. And I too used to blame myself and think it was my fault. I didn't realize that was a thing, that that's why childhood trauma can play out. So, and it's people who wouldn't normally necessarily be in this work or doing this work that have really resonated with it so far. The book is self-published. That was a whole other spiritual journey that I will love to write about someday. I had to had a publisher and then I sacked them. And then I wanted to go self-publishing, but I had no clue how to do it. And it's actually divine timing in miraculous ways that it's actually came to being. So it's on Amazon and it's called You Can Turn This Around. And it's how I learned to become my own fairy godmother. 
And I came across that I really struggled with the title, but I realized what I'm learning to do and what I've learned to do in my life has created so much magic in my life that it's me that's created it. I don't need a fairy godmother to come and rescue me. I can create all that for myself. So, and that whole part about when my mom said to me after my sister's death, like, we can turn this around. Or like, our lives, doesn't need to, our life, lives do not need to go down a rabbit hole of grief. So I caught leaned into those two parts brought it together and that's my book and it's doing really well so far I'm really pleased it's on Amazon and my name is very unique as well like you just google my name and it will come up with the book and my website as well lazaracantog.com yes I love it and I will absolutely drop those links into the show notes so that you guys can check it out definitely recommend obviously everyone that if you resonate with that book pick it up because there's a reason why you resonate with it like Lazara just said is you know, her intention is that she wants people to find it and be like, this was speaking to me. And mm. uh, that is the greatest gift is when those connections happen, when the f- people that are meant to find you, find you. It's such a blessing. Yes. And I, I'm so thankful for it because it's it's working out exactly how I wanted it to work because going full circle back to your first conversation, it was done with integrity. It was done with love. And that's how I put it out there. And it's coming back to me in the way that I wanted it to. Oh, it's beautiful. Law of reciprocity, right? What we give out, what we put out is what we receive. That is a very accurate fact. Yeah. Very, very much so. And I'll drop the links as well as ours so that people can engage with you on your social networks. And definitely anyone who's interested, reach out to Lazara, send her a DM and uh, also send us a DM here at the Spiritual Room and let us know what your biggest takeaway from today's show was with our interview with Lazara. And I'm so grateful, Lazara, that you're here with me and the Spiritual Room. So thank you so much for being with here with us today. It's been my absolute pleasure. I've loved your chat. I could talk to you for many, many more hours, but thank you for that. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram at thespiritualroom.co and on the blog at thespiritualroom.co forward slash blog. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.